You are locked into another episode of Meg Talk, the people's platform home to queer POC, millennial conversation. Big up yourself if you're locked in for the first time. Manners and absolute respect. If you're tuned in for another episode, you know it's always love. You can check out every single episode on Spotify, Google, Anchor, with about the place. But if you're not sure, just head over to Make Talks online on my Instagram and there's a link in the bio and that will just plug you up nicely. Anyway, I am here with public figure and singer Nina Rose in the building. People show some absolute love, yeah? What's going on, Nina? Yo, public figure. I've never been called that before. Ever, Stop but it. I'm going to take, take it on. I'm going to embrace it. I like that. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, man, I'm good. I'm happy to be here, finally. Yes, <laughs> it is. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I know. Yeah, man. But how has your week been? It's been full on. It's been really full on mm. Um, because I'm. it's release month. Oh, that's kind of top secret. But yeah, it's release month. So yeah. I'm preparing to put out some new music, mm-hmm. um, shooting a music video tomorrow, actually. So this week's just been about, you know, strategy, what's what we're doing and um, preparing content and all that kind of stuff. So it's been busy, but it's been blessed. Yeah? Mm. You're feeling good? Yes. It's a very exciting time. It a very. But well, we're going to get into the music. We're going to get okay. into the music. Side note, peeps. Side note. This is for all my podcast listeners. You don't know I'm a podcast connoisseur. And on the way, no, just before I left the house, something very exciting happened in the podcast world. Okay. And it's a, it's a very interesting combination of music, which is on theme yeah. for our conversation today, but also on theme for me as a podcaster. So Blueface and Krishan Rock showed up on Mike Tyson's Hotboxing. Now, I I've, I've listened to the episode. It's quite a short episode, 40 minutes long. And I have to say, do you, do you know anything about this kind of wild couple um like not really it's not like I, don't, I haven't got large knowledge but i'm a sadly aware of what's going on all here. right so yeah. anyone that's maybe not too sure of um blueface and krishan so blueface is a rapper he's got this very quirky offbeat style rap ability mm. I, i'm not really into his music and it's not a disrespect thing it's just you understand yeah, it never it never flavor, I, flavor. yeah, yeah, yeah it never yeah. never gravitated towards me and then he had a reality tv show um where he had like 10 girls in the house you know how it goes it just turned ratchet and then krishan was i think the favorite of the show okay and she started to make music he's managing her and they have this it's just a firebomb of a relationship mm. so how i found out about um these two anyway was from podcasting because they've showed up to quite a few different podcasts okay. over in the states and they show up wasted they're dr- when i say oh, drunk wow. out of their mind then krishan and blueface start arguing mid interview krishan gets upset and start mashing up the place i think it was on shark tank is it shark yeah. listen she kicked off the tv off the off the wall and everything it was mad so to see them go on um, Mike Tyson, which was one of my favorite mm. podcasts, Hotboxing, I was thinking, shit, I know they're not going to pull that shit with Big Mike. Do yeah, you understand where I'm coming yeah. from? And actually, they were fucking chill. So anyway, my peeps, go check it out, man. It was a very, very, it was a very good episode if you want to see um, the couple operating at a different frequency, you know. But anyway, mum, talk to me, Nina. Talk to me, talk to me. So quickly, quick, very quickly, plug the music. Let's just do that quickly now. Plug, yeah. plug the music. My music is available everywhere on all streaming platforms. Nina Rose Music. If you search Nina Rose Music, you'll find me. It's like a little Aztec looking image of me, mm-hmm. like painted on the, with the yin and yang, um, black and white. 
Um, that's my EP that I released last year. Um, and then I've got new music coming. Um, I mean, I can't reveal the date just yet, but this month you're definitely going to get some new music from me um, and more shows and like, yeah, all that good stuff. <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't even know you could sing. I did. I, I, my first introduction to you was more of a personality. Okay. Do you get where I'm coming from? Because you're on socials. I see you kind of talking on certain discussion points. You're just just outside. Yeah. Do you yeah. know where I'm coming from? So then, um, when I saw when I saw there you were dropping music, I said, "Let's see how this is gonna go." Because yeah, I know when yeah. people try their hand at music, and it's like that's not your forte. But like you said, you dropped a six track EP yeah. last year, 2020. 2022. 2022, sorry. 2020, you know, where you at? Yeah, six EP, 2022. Solid. Like a solid body of work. So I really want to kind of just start to explore your background in music. Yeah. So I'm taking it way, way back. So Nina at age 12, what were you listening to? Um, Ooh, what was I listening to at age 12? Probably Vibes Cartel. You know what? I was talking to my friend about this the other day when I was in secondary school we used to listen to Bashment hard like mm. tracks that now you listen to it, I'm like oh my gosh I didn't really take in what I was gyrating to even oh not the phone gyrating to um, in the school hall and stuff like that yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say yeah I was listening to a lot of Bashment dance hall and I was a big fan of like B2K but the thing is I was I was a little bit younger than 12 when I was listening to B2K okay. but I was proper into like my R&B mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. of Usher a bit of Chris Brown Um, I really liked Sean Paul yeah Honestly, <laughs> I'm, do you know what funny enough talking about Sean Paul I've had a conversation very recently that Man needs to get his ratings, you know, yeah, he does. because there were certain tunes that I think made him lose a little bit of credibility. But Sean Paul's catalog is serious. Yeah. Like if you bump that in the car, you're gonna be yeah, blessed. <laughs> yeah. So because I was when I wrote this question, I was thinking, where was I? At? I know. I have it, to even de- I'm trying, yeah, it's deep. Yeah, there's like Brandy and Monica. You know that was that was that was a big that was a big moment mm. when I was young. Usher, Usher was killing it in and around that time. I'm thinking, was I still into Spice Girls? In and around that, I think that was I was probably Spice a bit younger, more, uh, like nine, Earlier. ten, maybe. Yeah, yeah, eight, yeah. Nine, yeah. I think I was still. I'm trying to think. Yeah, Bashment was there. Bashment was there, but I was actually quite heavy into Jungle. Oh really? Yeah, Pirate Radio. You know when you're there twiddling the knob yeah, trying to catch the frequency, ninety nine point two, and that. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> okay. In and around that time, I think that's where I was really kind of pressing into the Jungle scene still. And then again, like if we look at like A sixteen, what were you bumping then? Mm. Oh, you really make like I'm having to really go back, you know, <laughs> you know, mm. show my age here. <laughs> uh, Sixteen. I so you leave in secondary school, mm. going into college. Um, ooh, gosh, the pressure is getting worse. I can't even think. I can't even think. What At was sixteen. Going? What was I listening to? I'm thirty. I just turned thirty like two weeks. Cause that's, that's what I'm saying. You said sixteen. Taking like, it back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. God. Um. I can't even, what was I listening to at 16? I'm trying to think, because we used to, we, in our, in college, we used to like go into like the dinner hall and everyone would get their speaker out and I'd spend my breaks making music with my friends. So we used to like okay. get the piano keyboard out and yeah, write songs or like um, practice covers and stuff. I was quite into like Alicia Keys, you know, mm-hmm. actually. Now I'm thinking about it at 16. I really liked Alicia Keys and Beyonce. I was a bit 
in that kind of space because I was I really enjoyed singing so I yeah, wanted yeah. to you know hit those notes or listen Destiny's Child would have been killing it in and around that Destiny's Child Beyonce yeah I mean Destiny's Child was more my primary school days actually oh swear yeah I used to yeah we used to do concerts in the playgrounds mm-hmm. um, and yeah give out tickets use our teachers paper waste of paper you know cut it up <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know what like thinking about that well, just kind of listening to what you were saying, that like you were making music at school. So, like, you've mm-hmm. always had that kind of musical background. So, yeah. like, what kind of music did you grow up with at home? Um, reggae, gospel, um, jazz and soul, actually. My dad is, like, a big fan of jazz and soul. And he just, mm. every Sunday he'll sit and he'll play his music back to back. And in the car, he used to have, like, a few artists that he play regularly. So, I mean, I really resonated with a lot of old school flavours from a young age. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm forgetting Lauren Hill. There's so many people. Jill Scott, like that kind of album. Oh my yeah. gosh. You see um, Jill Scott, I don't know what the album was called, but the main cover was her face up close here yeah? and it had Golden, it had... Jill Tro. Um, I think it's called Jill Tro. Let's take a long walk around, around the, the park. park. After, After that, that album, it is insane. Yeah. That's my favorite Joe Scott album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down. It was that. I'm trying to. Do you know what though? When I was 16, let's say between like 14 and 16, mm. I my music taste was off the wall. You know, mm. I was into everything. I was really into heavy metal at one point. Oh really? Trust me. Listen, I could shut it down. Big up Philly. She is too. Like we. Especially when we want to fuck up the neighbours upstairs because they're waste. Yeah, listen, we'll turn up that Linkin Park, that Evanescence, that... You know sister. what? Yeah, we was all... Yeah, we was all vibing to it. I even liked Avril Lavigne. She was a... She was much, she's not quite heavy, but... Yeah, no, no. Listen, I liked Avril. <laughs> she said she was a skater boy. She said see you later, boy. She, she wasn't good enough for her. Yeah. Hey, listen. My, like, seriously, like, my music taste was out there. I was listening to Nina Simone. Mm. I was bumping Nina Simone at that time. I was bumping... Jill Scott, at least I think that that around that time, that was when Alicia Keys for me was at her peak. Yeah, yeah. You know when you had Alicia with the little cane rose, them yes, that used to come down. Exactly. I love that Alicia. Oh yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But she had like another album with um, I don't know if it was the first one or a different one where there was a tune called Mister Man. <sighs> I think that was probably really? honestly, yeah. It's got that kind of little so wine bar yeah. vibe. Like it's a really nice tune and um. We got way too much in common. That's what, yeah, that's if a favourite of mine. And Diary. That's like new, that was like newish sounding Alicia Keys. That's the only song, new yeah. song that I really feel, if okay. I'm honest. I went to one of her um, concerts in 02. It I went last good. year, yeah. Oh, you went, you went it, was old, it was one of the old ones. One yeah. of her, oh, people were leaving. Oh, no. People were walking out in abundance. You know what? I'm such an advocate for Alicia Keys. Because even when she performed the other day, a lot of people had like, bad feedback and stuff. I just think that... Not that she's out of practice, but I think sometimes you get comfortable when yeah. you've been in a scene for a little while. You get comfortable and you, you just think maybe you can just come and do a show. And I, what all I see is it just maybe some practice or some time, you know, putting into the mm. performance element. But I think she's a, to me, she's always going to be legendary. She's got songs that I resonate with, and that yeah, there's a certain period of time in life that I can think of, and mm. you know, my boo, my boo, <laughs> my. I was going through my teenage sweetheart breakup when that oh, song came. Right. I'm telling you, but right. you you you've been mentioning 
Ghana. I know you were sitting on the panel just yesterday representing your nation yeah. and whatnot. So I've seen you jet jetting to and from Ghana, like say you're going to Newcastle. So what's, what's going on over there? Like if I could just go now, I'd be there. Mm. Um, Ghana is just such a beautiful place, you know. Um, I'm half Ghanaian, half Jamaican. Um, and I got to go to Ghana for the first time by myself in April last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just loved it. I was able to make new music. I connected with producers and everybody's just a lot more accessible there. And the way they receive me as an artist is very different to the UK. Um, what do you think though? What's the difference? Um, I don't know. It's the love. They just respect your craft. They okay. respect what you're doing. They want to be involved. They support your shows. If you're, you know, if you're performing somewhere, they're quick to be involved and just, yeah, just support. I think in the UK, there's a lot of people that we kind of just go around in the same circles as the same artists over and over again. Nobody's really willing to open their mind unless the rest of the world is on right, that right, vibe. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, the culture, the people, the energy, it's just one, I feel like I breathe different when I'm in Ghana. I'm that passionate about Ghana, you know? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so have you spent any time out in JA? Yes, but not long periods of time. So yeah. last time I was in Jamaica was 2015. Okay. It's been yeah. ages, but... um. God willing, I'll be there in the summer mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully performing as well. So I've got, yeah, I just I just want to go to my places and spaces. I resonate a lot with Ghana. Only because I just think, yeah, there's a calmness about the people. Because I've, really I've never been. I've never oh, been before. Okay. Okay. And it's on my list. But I'm not going to lie, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm a little bit anxious. But the thing is, I'm Caribbean, right? Okay. So I can go Jamaica. I can go to different Caribbean islands and feel relatively comfortable because I understand the culture because I grew up in that culture. But then when I'm now jetting off to say the West Coast of Africa, I'm in completely new territory. So I'm that just- That is mad so, that you so think no, 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 but let me, mad. let me land, let me land, let me land. Okay. First and foremost, yeah, our presentation style is very different. So mm. me going as a masked black queer person, yeah, I'm a little bit apprehensive because I don't know the play just yet. You understand? Okay, so yeah. so I want to go, but I just need to make sure that my movements are correct so I can have the best time. And I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, is it going to go left? Or I don't want that experience for myself. I just want to be free. Because when I'm in Jamaica, I'm free as a fucking bird. Which is quite surprising, though, because people would think the opposite. Like, it would be worse in Jamaica, if anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, I feel like the world is evolving and changing yeah. and there's communities everywhere. When I went to Ghana, I was actually quite surprised that one of the first clubs I went to... Called front back, and I'm looking around. I'm waiting to hear what kind of club this is now. And I'm like, hold on a minute, wait, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Especially for like that the like the male gay community, like it's quite prevalent. Like they're they're very free, they're very open. And I'm like, am I am I in the right place? And then even though it's not like out there, this is a you know LGBTQ plus friendly club. You just know, and and there's a community there, and there's people you know pushing for certain forms of equality and stuff. So it's not it's not what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the old school traditional aunties and uncles who might look at you sideways, but that's the, that's the worst you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just think, um, if, I think you're like, you're resonating with Ghana a lot because it's very similar to Jamaica. There's actually like communities that are just Jamaicans in Ghana. I've been hearing about this. Yeah. And even um, when, when I go to my part, my main part of Jamaica, there's a heavy, heavy link between the Ashanti tribe mm. and the Maroon descendants. And there's a lot of kind of ancient traditions and routines that they practice out in the bush where my people are from that come from 
the Ghanaian um, ancestry. Now, yeah. I, I can't speak definitively because I don't know too much about kind of Ghanaian history and stuff, but yeah. I know there's that intrinsic link. That's what's kind of, kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. Do you know where I'm coming from? But like, I want to kind of get into like your backdrop of like you growing up. So you start, you've alluded to the fact that Jamaican, Ghanaian, and so on. So talk, talk to me about like what was it like growing up? Where did you grow up? What was the environment mm, like? Yeah, I grew up in South East London. Don't mm. know blue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're from ends, and we ain't met like that. I know, I know. We might have crossed paths in life and not really and not known it, but mm. um, yeah, I'm South born and raised, and I've yeah, I've, I still live in South London. I still live in the same house. Um, all these years. Um, and I. Grew up with my mum and my dad. They're both still married. Um, I'm the only girl of three brothers, um, which has always been interesting. You know, it goes from getting spoiled to like the pressure of like, so where's your kids? Um, so yeah, yeah. So I grew up in South, mum and dad's brothers. Um, I went to all girls school. Quite well known all girls school okay, in cool, South cool. London. Yep. There's only there's there's, there's 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 free there's free options of where of uh, what that could be. So like that yeah. So I know I understand that you're from part of the community. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So like, how does that sit within kind of like the context of your culture, your household and stuff like that? It doesn't really sit within it actually. Okay. okay. <laughs> at all at all. Um yeah, that to be fair it didn't really affect me growing up because it wasn't a really a conversation. I hadn't really been aware of like who I am in, in that sense. It only, mm. it was only maybe my early twenties where I had to have conversation with my parents about it. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was hard at first. It was really hard. Um, especially from my dad, my dad, he's a Ghanaian, a traditional Ghanaian man. And he was just like, yeah, no, I'm not vibing with this. Like, mm. there's nobody in my family that is gay. Like, what, what, is, like, what is all this type this of is thing? impossible right now. Yeah, and then my mom kind of took me on the church route of, you know, oh, like, what do you think God thinks of this? And she got a little bit emotional and that kind of thing. But for me, it was brand new. I was the first time I'd ever been in a relationship with a woman. Okay. And I wasn't, I was still finding my feet. I didn't even really want to necessarily come out, but the way that, the relationship was set up. There was kind of no way that I could hide it or pretend. So my dad questioned me a few times and I lied about it about three or four times. And eventually it just becomes uncomfortable. You know, you want to feel free in your space. And because I've had, I've come from such a supportive household, I felt like I'm lying to them and I'm lying to myself. Mm. Let's just keep it real. Even though I wasn't sure how they're going to react or what the response would be, are they going to throw me out? Or was it ever like the worst thing was I didn't, me and my dad didn't really speak for maybe like a couple of months. Okay. And it was walking. My mum was away in Jamaica, and we kind of were like walking around the house. It was like, can you tell Selena to pass the to pass the sauce or whatever? But we got past it because you know my relationship with them is more important than what their opinion is of the LGBTQ okay. community. Do you know what I mean? And even now, I believe I'd like to say that it's changed, and they're a lot more open, and they're not as like skeptical or worried and I think naturally you just think of oh kids and how are you gonna have kids and how are you gonna do this and what's this person gonna think but um and do you know what I think I always tried to play angel's advocate <laughs> in all of this and I appreciate for the parents it's hard yeah. because I, I can imagine that the first response could be fear yeah because you know already how the, how the black community whether that's um African Caribbean how there's a lot of pressure. So how is that going to impact you? Yeah, how exactly. is your experience? 
I can imagine it is so there's so many unknowns that they are just unable to answer because it's not their their journey. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's lovely to hear that, like you said, you're able to see the value in your relationship with your folks. Yeah. Um and try and work with it because I think it's very easy to double down on your identity and be like, nope, this is who I am, rare, 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 rare. And that's not me saying that that's inherently wrong, mm. but it can make you question the value on the relationship. And I think if we can maintain positive relationships with the people close to us, we come out stronger people. Yeah, no, but I appreciate that. for some people, that's not the story. Yeah, but... it's not always easy. Yeah, no, I get it. It's not always easy, but... Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, were they supportive? Of no, actually, let me ask you. So, what was your aspirations growing up? Have you always wanted to be in the entertainment industry, or is this something? Is it a, just a matter of opportunity and circumstance how you've ended up here? Uh, no, I've always wanted it. I told you in primary school, I was having concerts with my friends. We all sang or danced or whatever. So, um, yeah, I always wanted to be a singer, but then it just it kind of fades out. You know, self confidence as you get a little bit older, and you change your body starts to change, your voice starts to change, right. um, and yeah, just not knowing how to do it. Um, so yeah, I always wanted to be, if I wasn't gonna sing, I wanted to be in a movie or so. I was that kid that was always active doing something. I did, went to dance school, um, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I was performing in the talent shows. Um, but yeah, for a while, I was just doing events and managing artists myself. Um, I talk me, but I didn't even know this yeah, part Yeah, so of 2015, 16, I started a company called Nina Rose Events. And I used to put on open mic nights, fashion shows, um, like music showcases, so many. I can't even, I can't even <laughs> like remember all the stuff that I did, but I was one of those people. I just wanted to try everything. And then when the open mic nights started doing really well and quite a lot of talent started coming through, I was like, oh, I want to start managing artists. Let me see what this is like. Um, and then I had like a sister company called Creatives Connect, which was like a agency for artists, like managing talent. But then it got to a point where I felt like I wanted it more than some of the people that I was working with. Right. And, um, and what the, what does that look like in real play when as a manager, you feel like you want it more than the artist? How does that play out? Um, well, it's very frustrating process. It's a very frustrating process. And you're trying to bring all these ideas and say you could do this and do that. And it's just like, you're not getting the energy. And then it becomes, yeah, it just becomes draining and it takes the love out of the art. Like we creating and, you know, making music. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be, mm. you know, a piece of you. But sometimes people just do it because it, you know, they they know how to sing a little bit and they just think it could, it's something that they could, they could do, right, right, right. you know? So, um, yeah, I got down about it. And I have a friend, Dante Nevea, big him up. I always have to big him up. He's like my engineer and producer. Like he was just like, why don't you just pour all this attention that you've been putting into other people into yourself? And I was like, well, what does that look like? like <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Um, and it took me a while. It was only when it got to lockdown 2020 that I was like, you know what? Let me just, let me just you know, dip my toes in, like put out some of the music that I've been holding on to for a little while. And then, yeah, three years later, Actually taking the music, yeah, seriously, and, and obviously I was presenting as well as a presenter and host. So I'm used to like speaking or being on stage and stuff like that. But becoming an artist was like a different type of vulnerability because when you're on stage, when you're presenting and hosting, you can put on a little character, you can you know make jokes or whatever. But your music is like sharing a piece of your soul. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it sounds like the music is the truest part of you. Yeah. Really, when you when yeah. you peel back all the layers of your talents and what you're able to do, it sounds like the music is the thing. Mm. So like, all right, five years from now, what what's, what what are you hoping for? 
Um, well, even as of like today, I'm trying to work on that the the global appeal. I want my music to be worldwide. I would hope to have toured Africa um, with my sound, have a strong team, and know that we're making some serious money, mm-hmm. some serious money. Because let's be real, like without money everything becomes difficult. Music isn't free, recording music isn't free, putting music videos out is not free. Creating content and making like assets for yourself, it's not free. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you so... know what? I think, um, when was it? Last, 2022, um, shit, how have I forgot her name? That is terrible. Um, Lil Sims. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember oh, she, absolutely. like 2021, 2022, Sims had, a f- Phenomenal years. Mm. I mean, I think that's probably some of the most uh, ha- the most visibility she's received yeah, all at one time when it yeah. comes to like, her, her talent, her music, the, the overall sonic. Do you know where I'm coming from? And I feel like it's even just started to evolve. And after um, the Mobro Awards, mm. not last year's one, but the one before, I remember she uh, announced a massive tour. And um, she sold, um, dates sold out in America and whatnot. Yeah. And she had to back up because of finances because she said that she can't put on the show that she wants to put on. And I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was taken back. I was like, what the, what the fuck's going on? How is it possible? Because you see someone's visible, they're getting their accolades, <laughs> they're getting their rewards and whatnot. But sometimes the money follows afterwards. Yeah, exactly. It takes a lot, it takes a long time. So like, what are some of the costs that people don't necessarily factor in, in term, into a musician's journey? Um, I say studio is a big one because you obviously pay hourly and you've got to pay for mixing and mastering because the track doesn't just appear from nowhere. I think people take that for granted, because especially when you put new music out there, like, oh, when's the next one? I'm like, do you <laughs> listen, this is it's a whole process. I think I would, any advice I would give is to budget for studio. If you know you want to be in there a certain amount of times the month, know that you've got that money ready mm-hmm. and you can do that. Music videos, you've got the videographer, photographer, makeup artist, stylist. Oh, everybody needs to be paid. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, those costs up. And then it's about the venue. You got you want to, you know, rent spaces for you to think. And if you've got a manager, they're also going to want to be fed They as need well. a cup. Exactly. And then general day to day, when you're, as an artist, you want to have a certain look. You want to know that when you're in a room that people recognise you for who you are. You've got to have your own wardrobe on point and make sure that you've got the mm. It's like, and those are just some things. Like the list goes on. Mm. But it doesn't take away from the fact that it's just something that I love doing. And like you said, I know it will come, you know, in the end. You know but it's just the waiting. You, you have to pay. I, I, I'm i such a strong believer that you have to pay it forward. Mm. You have to pay it forward. I remember there was times when I had, at this point, I had two degrees. I've got work experience behind me, right? Yeah. A good, credible work experience of good organisations, solid job titles and whatnot. And I'm getting paid peanuts. Mm. And I'm traveling from South to West London to get there for 8.45. The, the, that was on one to five travel card is mm. killing me. Yeah. It's killing me <laughs> then like, you know when you're doing packed lunch and all this shit. And I remember people, people used to say, Meg, why are you doing this? Like you could make so much money if you switch directions mm. and whatnot or whatever it might be. And I just knew it in my heart that it would come. And even this week, I did extra at my HR job. And I said, you know what, like, it's annoying mm. because 
I wanted to go wall climbing. Wall climbing is my whole new hobby right now. I'm just obsessed with it. Yeah, that's I, different. Okay. <laughs> I will get into it. Literally, literally, it's lit. It is so fucking lit. And the people, the community down there are sick. But I digress anyway. I had things that I wanted to do socially for myself, you know. I said, let me pay it forward because I know that that's going to come back in yeah, with that time yeah. and energy is that investment. And you know, they talk about the 10,000 hours. So you must have done more than your 10,000 hours me. of singing. But, you yeah, know, definitely. And I feel like it's coming. Like the past few weeks, so many opportunities and conversations or rooms that I've been in, I'm like, wow, like, is this really me? And like, are you sure? I'm even questioning. People approaching me for certain things. I'm like, for me? Like, really? Like, mm. and it's, yeah, man, it's only God. I feel like lately I've been very prayerful. I've been very much in my spiritual energy, which is something that I neglected for a little while. When I, you know, when life gets like a bit of a struggle, you're a bit like, oh, God doesn't even love me. Like, what is this? So, um, yeah, over the past few weeks, I've been very intentional with the things I'm doing and what I say and how I speak about myself. And yeah, things are really, you know, manifesting. Mm. So it's, it's an interesting journey when you when it comes to self-perception. Mm. And I was talking about this the last time I recorded with Shay, big up yourself, man, every time. Um, and even, even I'm still battling with self-perception, mm. you know, because the reality of it is, is at my very core, I'm that little you that used to go school in Catford. We never had much at the beginning, it was just humble. I never, we never, I never knew it was great. It was just humble beginnings, you know, just enjoying life, playing out. Little tomboy, you know, that I used to, you know, some of them kids used to give me a fucking hard time, you know, teachers giving me a hard time. And, and I, I'm having to unlearn and unpack that identity that I formed at such a young age. Yeah. And I've had to drop the language of I'm just a little old me. Because I used to say it all the time, um, and I had to realise that it's not about being little old me, yeah, but yeah, things have changed, yeah, times 100%. have changed. So where are you on your journey in terms of rediscovering yourself and re -sit and sitting with who you are in this phase of your life? Um, I feel like, like you mentioned about the unpacking, I'm just giving myself a chance. I'm being gentle with myself. As soon as those thoughts come in of like, oh no, but it's not, I'm not good enough, or this is a, I just, destroy it and I have to talk to myself. I look in the mirror and the inner child, you actually have to chatter, you know, chatter. If you don't, it's like you'll get carried away and you'll feel like you're acting outside of yourself. But I feel like when you align yourself with your inner child and you understand the things that you may have gone through and know that you've you've evolved and you're evolving, mm. everything starts to make sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you get yeah. what I mean? And especially when there's people that you know, like people that know me since primary school or secondary school, they have a certain, image or idea of who they think I am and then you know you go into the industry it's like oh you think you're nice now because you're doing this this and that well no I no I am proud of who I am and I am on a journey and it might be different a different space to where you are but we have to grow and we have to evolve yeah 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 so yeah, yeah. that's uh, do you know what I hear you people can really hold you hostage <laughs> to the idea of who they think or believe you should be yeah. rather than who you actually are as a person yeah. and I think I have to look at myself and deep that as well. Because sometimes I'll see someone, I'm like, idiot. Because of something that they might have done years ago. Yeah. But I'm like, I have to take into account, they may have matured now, yeah, they may exactly. have a growth. I may not still fuck with them because that boundary was overcrossed and I can't, right now I'm just not there with it, you know? But yeah. 
you really have to kind of allow people that space to grow. So like, what do you think the biggest, where have you grown the most in terms of your character over the past, say, five, ten years? Um, uh, I think holding myself accountable for like certain behaviours or th things. Because we're human. Sometimes we take things the wrong way. Sometimes we assume. Sometimes, you know, we can be defensive. And I think for a long time, I wasn't open to that constructive criticism. I didn't want to be told that I was wrong for something. I would internalise it and make it seem like, oh, I'm a bad person. And then mm. I'd have an issue with the person because they've just told me the truth. Pull your mic a little oh, bit closer oh. to you. Yeah. Because they've told me the truth. Mm. And um, I think a lot of people struggle with that and are not open with it. And it takes maturity to get to that place because otherwise you continue to make the same mistakes in life and have the same cycles and the universe has a way of bringing that same thing back to you if you don't want to learn it or you don't understand it you're gonna have to learn again and you're like hold on I recognize this is this the same person <laughs> this is the same person but no it's that until you learn that lesson and I think I'm just I'm just like laying myself there and learning mm. those lessons and just yeah um taking accountability and that taking accountability mm. is a big thing. Mm. It's a big, 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 big thing. And I'm I, listen. I'm probably gonna get some smoke for this there, but fuck it, we're here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think no, because I generally think like, in some ways, masculine energy. However, we're gonna coin that. Learn to take accountability mm. earlier because we're held accountable for things. So you see, I haven't even got to move half mad before, either the police the public, mm. whoever it is, are on me. Do you get where I'm coming yeah. from? And I, I also find that like, my masculine energy friends, they'll keep it real. They'll be like, oh, hey, you're moving, imagine, oh, you yeah. can't do that, or you're being a simp, stop that, or you're doing too much, or and they will just say it. Yeah. But my feminine energy friends are so much more sensitive. Mm. And I don't think feminine women, I'm gonna say women to be specific, they don't hold, hold each other accountable no. enough because Listen, y'all do some madness. It's like, you know what? Don't say nothing. They will never know. Or do you know what? Well, remember that time when so-and-so did that choice? It's an eye for an eye. It's like, nah, you're moving mad. But yeah. I think that I'm glad to hear you're talking about accountability because I've been hearing a lot more feminine um, energy people talking about this as, mm. as like a journey. And I think, you know, when you don't take accountability, like you said, you can't break that next level. It's you like a computer yeah, honestly, game. No, you get trapped, you got stuck on that same level. And that's why you see certain people that are like 47 years old and they're going through the same shit they've been going through the last 10 years. And you're like, hold on a minute now. Is it everyone or is it you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you come from a big family as well. And you see like certain cousins or siblings yeah. or whatever it is. And you're like, hold on. Like, I'm sure like since I was 10, you've been having this conversation with me. <laughs> or, you know, honestly, no, it's yeah. real. It's real. And I just think I don't want that for myself. And I feel like what you said about, you know, the feminine energy or the feminine girls that like to enable each other. I, it's We just need to knock that on the head. Because what is that? What is, let's talk about this for a second. What's... Behind that, because I look at it very much from like the outside. Mm. So like, what's actually going on with all of that? <laughs> I think it's, people just like to stroke each other's egos. You want to maintain a friendship with somebody, you want to maintain a relationship, you don't want them to, you to think you think bad of them, but then you'll go to Shanice and be like, you know, like, you're still doing that same thing and you're laughing at them and then so-and-so will come to you with the same ad for advice and you're still like, oh yeah, no, don't worry, you're not wrong. Like, it's, it's them, mm. it's that you. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why. I don't know why. And I think it comes from 
I spoke about this the other day. Like when you're really young, when you're young, you you want to be almost like a people pleaser. You want to be the good girl. You want to be a princess. We get fed all these things about mm. being a princess and you know how a woman is supposed to be. And then it clouds your judgment when it comes to real life settings and how not you're not always going to get your way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not always going to... Um, yeah, you're not always. Yeah, you're not always going to get your way, and you have to take accountability for your stuff. It's not always a blame game or crying because you see that crying thing. It's a, it's a real source of manipulation, and women love it. They love it. They love it. They can turn it on and off, and it, it's. And I feel mm-hmm. I feel like we're in a time where being toxic is cool, or it's fun, or it's like seen as cute, or whatever. Mm. So I can't deal with it. You know, like. There's a lot. There's a. There's, I try. <laughs> oh god! No, do you know what? I know that there are a lot of women that caveat. Of course, I'm taken. We all know this. But let's just say let's just, let's just put this in another circumstance. Yeah, there's in this day and age, there's a lot of girl that can't deal with me. Mm. But I'm too like in some ways I'm too much for them because I see through the foolishness. Yeah. Like, well, if Sana were having a very Maybe if we're not seeing eye to eye, right? And it, and it could be a very small thing, right? And I'm saying like, listen, I don't like that. That mm-hmm. that doesn't make me feel respected or valued when you're demonstrating like that. Yeah. Rather than being open and saying, okay, rare, 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 the barling starts. I'm not in it. And the thing is, I'll call it out. I say, how is it you're the one causing offense and you're barling right now? So where's the space for my feelings and yeah. my reaction and all of that? And I think there is definitely something in... um some of that shift is that the prioritization of feminine feelings isn't necessarily positioned as it was. Yeah. Do you get where I'm coming from? And I, I'm quite hard with that, but I'm having to learn to also, okay, so you can validate someone's feelings mm-hmm. and emotions without co-signing it. Yeah. And I didn't understand that at yeah. first. I thought that if I'm feeding into this, I'm co-signing things that I don't believe in. And yeah. now I'm not being in my truth, but I think that's something that masculine energy can understand rather than being dismissive because we may not experience feelings mm. um, and life in the same way. But like, that's foolishness. What are you crying for that for? Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm. we probably would not cry over something like that. It's like, what, that upset you? I'm like, nah, man, come <laughs> on. But actually there's a difference between me not understanding and saying, for example, Nina, that sounds like it was rough, man. Like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. What, what, were there any triggers in there? Okay, cool. I don't necessarily... I don't. I can only empathize, but I don't necessarily get it. How can I approach this? Mm. How can I support? There's a, such a difference, and I think that that's where mask energy can try and meet in the middle yeah. a little bit, and not be so dismissive and just inquire because we may not necessarily equally yeah. understand. Yeah. So, like thinking about your your character in totality, what are some of the main assumptions that you think people make about you um, that actually are fully misguided and wrong? Um. <laughs> Fully misguided. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think I've been told actually that when people see me or that they they expect me to be a certain way, maybe a bit bougie or like you know this whole when I first met you, I thought you was a rich. I thought you thought you was too nice or whatever. I mean, yeah, I think my tall nice, as tall nice. But <laughs> but I'm very like I'm very humble. I'm very relaxed. I'm quite open. I like to be a, a pro, like I would like to be seen as approachable. Mm. So I think sometimes people do get that the wrong way until they meet me and spend time or like or in my space or my energy. Um, I don't know. What do they say? I don't even care. What do they say? I don't. I don't know what they say. <laughs> I'm just. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, mm. um, I have quite essential 
sexual energy that I think sometimes can be taken the wrong way in terms of like, you know, maybe I'm a bit out there or mm. loose or wild, but I just embrace me and I, I know what my power is. So I tend to like express and I always encourage other women to feel free in expressing as well without exploiting themselves. All right, let's, let's, let's lean into this a little bit because 110%, yeah. you have got such a sensual energy about you're a woman. And on top of that, woman. yeah, a woman, you're a black woman at that and you ooze that. You ooze oh, that. And that. It, to me, it's not in a... I don't see slackness because I, I listen. We, all, I, everyone who knows me knows. I said I ain't got time for that shit. Yeah, but <laughs> but there's something wholesome about this, and I feel like mm. you're being yourself. You're not putting Aww. on a persona to be a baddie or to be anything. That you're not. This yeah. is just a part of who you are. So like, I know there are a lot of women out there, or a lot of people, I should say, who struggle to tap into that. Yeah, I never listen. My my button never activated. This. <laughs> <laughs> listen, what? Listen, if I try to do at some point, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a makeover just, just for the shits and giggles, and I'm gonna see if I like it. I think sometimes okay. you got, you, I think it's good to try things that are completely not you to see what's what. Yeah. But my point is here that I know that there are a lot of women that, for so many reasons, struggle with that. Like, have you got any tips? Or any kind of like words of encouragement. Go to the gym. Go to the gym and look after your body. And I know it sounds like, oh no, but you know, love yourself how you are. You should, you should. But going to the gym and actually putting work and effort into my body and my appearance has helped me a lot. I've always been confident in terms of like, you know, the sexiness. But once you feel comfortable in your skin, um, everything's just different. You look at Mm -hmm. things different. And I, I tend to go in the mirror daily feel on the bits that I don't like and I just hug them and hold them and say, you're, you're amazing regardless. And I don't know, I like dancing. So, and obviously I have to perform and stuff. So I just fling on some music, I might have a little twerk session on the floor. Or I might have mm. a little, no, but you, you're like, you have to, like mm-hmm. you just free up. And I think because people are worried about um, being perceived in a certain way, it restricts them from doing it, but you just got to give it a go. Right. You just got to give it a go. And I feel like um, once you get on the other side of that, it just it just feels like a a, a new sense of of you. So like sense. one of the biggest things that I've taken away from that is, it's like you've got a how do I even start to frame this now? You've got a rehearse in private with yourself yeah. how you want to express yourself outwardly in public, and it's like in order for you to feel comfortable with that display outside, you've got to be able to feel comfortable at mm. home by yourself yeah. in that space. Is that did I get that right? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Mmm, interesting. Hey, D, I might fling on a battle rider at home, you know, I try. It's overwhelming, though. <laughs> don't, Chris. <laughs> it's overwhelming, though. I actually want to, I don't, I know we're not even really on this yet, but mm. I, I need to ask out there for mm. the, for the bisexual women, like, how do you navigate through the dating scene? Because, yeah, I have to ask, because I'm at, obviously, I'm grown now. I'm at a stage where I'm like, you know, you want to think about having kids or you might think about, you know, settling down with someone. Mm. And I feel like there's a, there's a, I'm really expressing here what's going on. Um, Cause it's like a bit of both. Yeah. Right. On both sides of the fence. I find people find it difficult to maybe be with me because they're not sure of like who they have to look out for or like, do you get, do you get mm-hmm. what I mean? I just mm-hmm. need to know, how, I just need to know how it works because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit open to polyamory. 
I don't really know how it okay. works in its full extent. I've been watching mm-hmm. some TikTok videos because there's actually like relationships out there where they're making it work. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just. You know what? It's, it's interesting. <laughs> like with the topic of bisexuality, mm. right? And I'm obviously I'm going to be taking this from a make point of view, yeah. right? And I think there's space. I think, I think, I think, I think that I, do you know, I, I generally, like no, you know, I, <laughs> I generally think there is space, but I will say that, that from the world that I live in mm. and the environment I'm from, it's probably limited space. Mm. So for a hex, heterosexual person, their dating pool is like this big. Yeah. Then when you're part of, let's say you're gay, lesbian, queer, it comes in a bit more. Then when you're bisexual, I feel like it could potentially narrow again. And then, for example, with polyamory, it narrows again. So the dating pool <laughs> so potentially could no. <laughs> so it's like one in twelve thousand. <laughs> um, no, but no, I, but just, that's just kind of how I kind of see it. It's mm. not rooted in any facts, but just from my observations, right? And the reason I say that is because for someone to be in a serious, committed relationship with a bisexual person, they've got they've got to have a very good understanding of, of themselves and mm. also a good understanding of bisexuality because yeah. a lot of people hear the word bi and conflate it with being confused yes. or being greedy or all of these kind of like very negative undertones and stigmas tied to it. And I'm like, what the fuck has that got to do with anything? You you like who you like, yeah. right? That's exactly that. So the person, the person that you're looking for has to get their head around it and be very clear on you're a person that's probably geared towards the personality, how they present themselves yeah, whatnot yeah, and then yeah. the gender the gender is not the fourth the first what am i trying to say the gender isn't the first criteria you understand where i'm yeah, coming yeah, there's yeah. other considerations but there's bearing in mind within the lgbt community there are going to be a lot of people that don't experience that i don't i'm part of the community but i like i like women i like yeah, yeah, yeah you understand so i don't i still can't fully grasp it but i think there's some teaching that there's learning that needs to be done and you can't be with someone that's immature or insecure because yeah, people the insecurity be like, part, I think, but the thing is, is there, but that's idiot business because, all right, let's just say you're dating a female, like a mass presenting female. Okay. There is a reality that you could leave them for a man, but in a queer relationship, someone could cheat on you said way. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, that's a personal issue that you, that person can't be worried about getting cheated on in any capacity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was just like, you know, you know, it's not every girl you see on the road that you're like, oh my God, I don't want to be with you. Like, you know, yeah. it doesn't work like that. But it is, I'm just putting it out there because I'm wondering if there are other people who are mm. going through this or like, you know, have experienced it because it, yeah, it makes things you're, 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 no, you're, <laughs> like, you're onto something because there's um a guy who has a podcast uh, well he's got an Instagram platform called Not Defining and he's a bisexual white man okay. and I really respect him that like, his content has taught me a lot around bisexuality mm. and the things that he's talking about from a male perspective are very similar to some of the things that you're yeah. talking about here and I think there's almost uh, a some people just don't take it seriously. Yeah. They're not take so like you see when let's just say you're in a situation or a dynamic with a guy and are you open about being bisexual and what have some of those responses been like? Um you, yeah, I am open because I, I feel like I have to be because it's part of me. But it's 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 varied. Some are get excited and think, oh, okay, well this means that we can have fun fun. Or and some are like, well no, that's not gonna work because I don't wanna know that I can have my back turning your Eating pussy? Like, what's all that? I don't want you to be in my space after that. Do you know what I mean? And it does, I feel like that might be an ego thing when it comes to men. But um, yeah, 
yeah, I've had maybe one person that's been open, but everybody else is like, no, nah, no, no, it's just not, mm. it's not gonna work. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and which is mad for me because I feel like when I am in a space with a man, I'm quite, I'm a more in my feminine energy, and I'm more like maybe a bit more submissive. Like, mm. and when I'm with a woman, I feel like I'm maybe not completely in my masculine energy, but it's just, it's different. It's diff- so like, if you don't mind me asking, mm. in terms of like your attraction to women, is there a particular type of woman that you're more drawn toward? Um, Yeah, I like feminine women. I swear. And mainly because yeah. I like men. So it's like, I find it, I might find like a masculine presenting woman attractive, but it kind of, it kind of blurs the lines for me a little bit. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I can, I can yeah. But then now, now I understand that like you are drawn to that feminine energy mm. in a woman. Of course, that's gonna ramp up some of that masculine energy. Yeah. Because I just think that there's a balance, like yin and yang. It yeah. all it's always at play. Yeah. It is masculine and feminine energy is always at play, and then there are so many like character and personality traits that yeah. come with the expression of that. That's interesting. And I thought like I have more strength when it comes to interacting with men. With women, women are evil. Women are evil. <laughs> no, they're evil. I can't, no, no, no. Well, what, Sometimes, you know, you're just what like, you what is actually happening here? No, I just get soft. Like I get, I, I feel like I get, I don't know, man. What, with women? So maybe I, maybe it's the other way around. I wait, don't wait, know. Wait, 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 wait. Because so, like. So wait, is it that you get more softer? Women bring out the softer side or with men bring out your softer I did, side? I, more, I, so feminine energy mm. and being soft, I'm, I'm going to, I'm separating those a little bit okay. because just because I'm in my, I mean, being in my feminine energy doesn't necessarily mean that I'm being super soft. It's just, I feel like it's a different side of me. I'm more open to you taking mm-hmm. the lead. But when it comes to women, I feel like I'm like, I just get soppy. They get me. They just get me and wrap me around their <laughs> finger. And then it's, it's not, nah, man. Listen, it's feminine not... women have got the ability. They've got superpowers, boy. It's, oh my God. They've got oh, me. I, listen, yeah. I've done been got. I've done, they got, got me long time. <laughs> So like, do you yeah. know saying when you're thinking about um, settling down, finding your person, mm. and so on, are you open to it being uh, a man or a woman, or are you kind of leaning towards a particular particular side? Mm, I'm open. I'm always going to be open to it being a man or a woman. But mm. over the past uh, maybe yeah, like five or six years, I've been mainly dating women, yeah. um, which is interesting. It's only oh God. I'm gonna say this out loud. There I am. It's only when I went to Africa that I was like, I started to see men a little bit different. Like, like oh, oh, that side of me is because sometimes I was like, girl, are you a les- Are you sure you're not a lesbian? But no, I'm, I'm not, man. I'm you not. You saw the black yeah. kingship. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's that the energy is different there. So it's a yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Hopefully, I can figure it out soon. This <laughs> Auntie Meg is there. When I when 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 times come, I'm like. Okay, I was like, Nina, where's the dating? Where's the dating she? I said, look, I'm like, no, nah, they're not going to make it. I don't like their attitude. This one's got, their mindset ain't good. I say, Nina, bring me more. No, trust <laughs> me. No, I'll be filling you in for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> but um, as we wrap up, you know, what what is it people should be looking out for this year? Um, Just be prepared for anything because I'm going um ham with the music this year like I'm taking it very very seriously I feel like I found my niche I found my sound um I've got my team now which is something that I was like crying out for for a long period of time because I've been you know working on my own managing trying to 
negotiate my fee da, 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 and it's a lot so I now have a team and a manager who's really riding for me um so yeah more music more shows more festivals traveling like you're gonna see me doing stuff outside of the UK because I feel mm. like that's where it's at man like London is home but um the world is so big do you know a really a really good um example of that is Naira Mali mm. like Naira Mali started doing his thing what in Peckham yeah yeah and not to say that he wasn't doing his thing, he was doing his thing then. Man said, fuck this, I'm going home. And look. Man is, he, um, how would you describe Naira Mali's status mm. in the continent of Africa right now? That he, well, he's a big name. He's, he's a like a superstar. Yeah, yeah, he is a superstar. And that's what I'm saying. When you are in Africa and Carib and and the Caribbean, that is how they treat you. Like the mm. superstar that you are, you know? And I think, but... What I will say, because I feel always saying, oh, London's bad vibes, but it is a multicultural society. There are preferences in terms of sound and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think going where it makes sense, one makes sense. 110%, <laughs> you know like go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And I understand that like, um, London is like, uh, how do I explain it? It's, it's a great training ground. Yeah. It's a fantastic training ground because you have resource, you have access. You've got quite a lot of laws, legislations, and policies that actually protect you, you and your yeah. human rights. Which I think, when you're maybe in a space where those things aren't protected, you realize how valuable they yeah. actually are. Yeah. It is fantastic. It's such, it's a nice base to come back to. Sometimes if you just want to, in a weird way, chill. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's for me anyway. It's home. But going where you're celebrated is a whole another level, and I can't, Nina. I wish you the very best on your journey. And oh, 2023, you. come, let's do this thing, man. And you know, the platform's behind you. So when there's time for be promo in that, people, you know what you need to do. We need to activate. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, oh yeah, my single come over is out this month. Right, where's it going to be? Date to be confirmed. Oh, my single come over is out this month, <laughs> um, which is like an Afro dance hall vibe. I'm tapping into, you know, the Jamaican side. I can't mm. neglect that. Come on. So, um, yeah, it's lit. I'm really excited for this track, to be honest. Um, so we'll see what it does. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So we'll be definitely reposting it. And plug your socials so people can find you direct. Yeah. So it's the underscore Nina Rose on Instagram. And then my TikTok um, is Nina Rose Music. Mm-hmm. And people, you know exactly where to find me. Meg Talks Online on Instagram. It's Meg Talks Online on TikTok as well. Yeah, Pete's we're on TikTok now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like TikTok is a really friendly community. Very and supportive. They yeah. are lovely. They are really, really lovely. And um I'm surprised it's taking me so long to get over there, but like I'm really, really enjoying yeah. it over there, man. Yeah, I think it's the fear of the unknown. You know, initially it was a lot of really, really young people that were just on there, but now, yes, yeah, it's, it's a resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know we're gonna get you back. You know, it's gonna be a matter of time before we get you back. But people, manners and respect every time, and I'll catch you next week. Yeah, yeah. Love, love, love.